When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, featuring Blue and Joe Grande the world's number one source for everything cannabis. Hello and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. My name is Blue, alongside of me is Mr. Joe Grande, and you are now tuned in to the greatest cannabis show on the planet. That's right, folks. Thank you for listening to our podcast all around the world. Make sure you check out our website, CannabisTalk101.com, as we have so many great articles and blogs on the site for you to check out, you guys. And feel free to give us a call anytime. Say what's up. Just check in with us. 1-800-420-1980. Matter of fact, next person that calls and says, send me a magazine i'm about to send you a magazine and mail it out personally so let's go check us out of course on youtube instagram all social media at cannabis talk 101 where my brother from another mother blue is at the number one christopher Wright. hello and you can always catch me on the gram and social media at joe grande 52 and i don't know if you guys seen the latest edition though like i said of that cannabis talk magazine but it's got some great articles very cool stories in it and get yourself a hard copy today because it is popping you guys if a dispensary or a smoke shop doesn't have one have them call us up and hit us up for it or go to the website cannabistalkmagazine.com and subscribe now. Today on the podcast, folks, it's yeah, a very special day man. because we have arguably one of the most recognized and trusted figures in the world, to my point, of cannabis. Yeah. I mean, in the cannabis space, it doesn't get more official like a referee with a whistle than be real to Cypress Hills, folks. So besides us now is the man, the myth, the legend, West Coast hip-hop pioneer, CEO of Dr. Green Thumbs, Inc., which I can't wait for him to break all that down with yeah. that ink on the bottom of that because uh, that tells you, folks, he's got a business <laughs> that's going on there and host of the Dr. Green Thumb podcast, The Smoke Box and Meditation. Be real of Cypress Hill. Now, for those who don't know, though, to be savvy on the hip hop all star that he is and, you know, the game that he's been doing, it comes from Be Real. This man has his hands in everything from music to movies, TV, video games. I mean, the guy's kind of a nerd, if you ask me. Sports <laughs> figure. I mean, the dude, I've seen him at more basketball games than anybody else ever. Professional paintballer. I mean, what yeah, the hell is this dude up to? That's a real thing, man. And baby. most importantly, He's got the strong hood behind his back and, of course, a stronghold on the entire industry since 2018 with his iconic Dr. Green Thumbs line of branded cannabis products, top tier cultivation folks and line of dispensaries throughout the state of Killer Cali, where he's from. Without a doubt, Dr. Green Thumb has repeatedly extended and expanded to offer more of his brand and products to the connoisseurs and consumers out there through a vertically integrated culture. Be real 
with the DGT brand bridges the gap between legacy cannabis, music, apparel, and ideology, folks. There is no more stronger man in my book in this game than Be Real, and he does it unapologetically. So can you rock that gear all day long and be unapologetic? As I'm thinking, he's got some on right now. Yeah. It's fucking out there. It's always in your face. Also, be sure to get your hand on some of that Be Real Insane OG, a signature line of premium cannabis flower that was curated by Kenji, the man, the myth, the legend as Shout well. Kenji's Kenji, a fucking man. genius. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, man. And for those who don't know, go check out all this stuff right here. The website, drgreenthumbsbrand.com, dgtworldwide.com, insanecannabis.com, bereal.tv, and follow all the accounts on Instagram, at bereal, at bereal.tv, at drgreenthumbs, at drgreenthumbsbrand. Let me swallow my spit. This is so much because it's insane. I sure do. What are you oh doing later God. round three? <laughs> we are already shooting fucking fires. I mean, this asshole gets me. You just fucking. I mean, the worst one I ever got was from that fucking son of a bitch. Rick. Sorry, I'm getting up. We're off topic right there. I tried to get that you guy. on the tech scene if you wanted some barbecue, you motherfucker. Hey, I, I saw that. <laughs> you like, seen that so easy? Like looking through a window. Man. That was, it was so, so easy. Clear. Hey, I tried to. Hey, I literally texted him. Hey, you want us to have any special food for you, like some barbecue? He's fucking <laughs> asshole. You want tri-tip, for, right? For those who yeah, don't know, yeah, be guys. The bottom line is it's at sane.og <laughs> on Instagram, at Cypress Hill, to tap in with one of the hardest working men in the game right there. Without further ado, everybody in the studio, put your hands together for our brother from another mother, our Latin hip-hop superstar, B motherfucking Reels in the building. Thank you, sir. And thank y'all out there, too. It's so good to have you here. Just <laughs> Exactly. We over here gangbanging out overdue, here. Overdue. Overdue. I mean, welcome to the Cannabis Talk 101 campus, brother. Your yeah. thoughts on what we're trying to do like you do. It's beautiful here, man. And thank you for inviting me. Like I said, it's overdue. We've been talking about this for yeah. a while. I, I popped in on you guys at, was it Hall of Flowers? MJ BizCon. MJ BizCon. Yeah. Uh, last year. Yeah, last year. And, uh, you know, we talked about it. So finally, I'm here, man. I'm glad I came out. It's yeah. a beautiful Placement. Thank Please you, uh, tell people what your thoughts are because you have iconic spots, dog. You got the smoke box. You've been, been everywhere. Be real TV. You you got Snoop's. Snoops you've been to Snoops. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. How, how do we how do we go? How do we run? Uh, this this is beautiful, man. Again, um, it's a vibe, and you want to yeah. try to create a vibe for people when they come through and do a show like this because, as you know, Joe, uh, doing radio for so long as it, and we did maybe not as long as you did. We I think we had a four or five year run. It's very stale when you come into a radio um, station. They don't let you really be you. You got to kind of ride this line. But shows like this allow the the guests to be themselves. And uh, this is a great vibe you got going on here. Man. And, and you said that. Let's and you guys are educational to, to the culture. Yeah. And that's that's everything. So yeah. salute to you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, you brother. That's thank what we try to do. Like Blue and I are, are all about that. Like, you know, and not only that, looking at this as medicinal and medicine and you want to smoke a joint, smoke a joint. Matter of fact, you smoke whatever. I'm about to smoke my cigar. Anybody can smoke when they want, but let's find a fucking cure where we can say my knee hurts. <laughs> I, I'm going to take four Advils or my knee hurts. I, I need to take, take a hit. 10 milligrams yeah. of this or a toke of that. Or yeah. you know, I mean, get to that point where mom, your back hurts, right? Yeah. Well, you're 112 pounds. Perfect. Take this. Yeah, yeah, you know, as of late, a lot of us have been putting RSO and SHO in gel caps and doing that. And, uh, you know, it's been beneficial to people 
you know, in ter terms of inflammation or even insomnia. Because how hard that's... does that hit though when you take? I mean, because <laughs> okay, you know, so hard. Yeah, exactly. Hey, so I'm gonna tell you. So I'm gonna tell you, like, because you know, because 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 at the Green Thumb Show we train for this, right? You have the Olympics for it, right? Everybody, you know, because people try to take my head off doing things. You know what I mean? So because you're like the ganja fucking god. If I could smoke more than be real, I gotta come in. Everyone's right. got that be real and snoop. I'm going to smoke right. more than them. Yeah. But I didn't do this for that. Right. I I did this because like for for so many years, I was an insomniac. I could not go to sleep early. Mm. And I learned I, I I taught myself to finally go to sleep earlier. But I thought, you know, um, this probably helps for insomnia because I know when I do enough R RSO or SHO, um, it'll it'll help you get full REM. But you gotta, you gotta. Depending on the dosage you take, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta time this shit out. And, and we've talked about this many times. So, one of my boys uh, from the Bay, Trace, uh, used to do radio with uh, DJ Trace Francis. Dog. Trace Dog, yeah. Trace and Friends and the Trace came yes. out. Yeah, that's that's one of my lifelong homies. He rolls with us now with Cypress Does Hill. Does he really? Yeah, yeah. He 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 tours Tell him with I say, us. What's up? Day. We go I way will. back. Doghouse days. He knows. He does the Green Thumb show with us on Tuesday. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. yeah on Tuesdays. Oh, I can't. I gotta come by and see. Yeah, that. you gotta come by. You gotta come by on a Tuesday. Yeah, he's, but he's been in the Bay. He had a Tuesday. winery or some shit. Yes, yes. His family owns yeah, yeah. a winery, but uh, he's in Vegas now. But you know, he was bringing RSO uh, syringes around, right? So I started with <laughs> I see those. So yeah. I started with those. Like, let me see what this is about because I've always heard about it, right? Black and, tar. Yeah, oh. and and cancer patients they want you to take a thousand milligrams of it, right? Like, which is the whole syringe, which is a, a what, gram, which is you're fucked. So <laughs> you're fucked. So I said, okay, well, let me see what this is like for insomnia, right? So I, I tried the little the little rice kernel. Thing. What time of day? Yeah. Nighttime. Well, I did it at nighttime. Okay, but the rice kernel, I didn't feel it, well, right? I was like, daily. I was like, eh, let me do two or three rice kernels, right? And then I kind of felt it, but I didn't like the taste. And uh, so I was working my way up, building my tolerance. And one day, you know, I was like close to like a a quarter of the syringe, like taking that as opposed to the little rice grain, right? Because I felt like I could take it. And one day I was taking it, and this was before I got into the gel caps, right? Had the syringe and I kind of warmed it up a little bit so it would just come out easy. But this one was sticking a little bit. Boom, the whole damn oh, syringe. No. And I was on the ride. <laughs> so, oh no, how long, like a mushroom ride? Well, he said acid the ride. ride. So, I, you know, like I, I took it and it was pretty heavy Ugh. um, and it put it, you know, it helped me get to sleep. Right. Yeah. But that was totally by accident. And I woke up <laughs> high, high as fuck. fuck no way. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really need to smoke the rest of the like the morning. Like usually I'll start wake and bake. Yeah. At, you know, before I get to the office and before we do the show and while we do the show and that like. All day. That's, I smoke like that, right? But on that morning, I was like, I didn't want to touch anything, right? And that was the first time. So I thought, you know what? This probably would be better in a gel cap, right? So I get these gel caps and I pop it off in a gel cap and I fill the whole thing up, which was close to like, I'm going to say five to in between five and 800 milligrams, somewhere around there. And I popped it late. And it hit me as I was watching TV. Body temperature goes up. 
bro, what's going on? I had I, like I was in the, my house with the hoodie on for some reason. I peeled the hoodie off, and then like I was trying to look for the coolest source that that was around. So it was my floor. Yeah, <laughs> shut so, the fuck up. You're so, not on the floor. So, like- so I laid down on the floor. <laughs> And it felt so cool on the floor. I was like, oh, my God, this feels so good. I don't know how long I was out before my wifey came in and was like, what the fuck? Are you okay? And I'm You're like, just in your chorties and shit? No, no. Like, oh. no, I had my shirt off. I had my pants on, though. I look up, and I'm like, I'm sorry. And she pills me up off the ground, puts me to bed, and I had the best sleep I ever had. But again, yeah, the, yeah, I woke hard. up high as fuck. More... Than I was the first time because this time I didn't take RSO. I took the SHO, the solvent list, yeah. right? Which is stronger for me, in my opinion. Really? The I got the RSO. Okay. The, the RSO is strong, but that's processed through alcohol. That's why it's dark, right? Yeah. Um, with the one. SHO, it's all it's clear. Yeah. Right. It, with the SHO, that's just, you know, pressed and, you know, oh, what, and I mean? what happened straight. when you did that one? That was the devastating one. That, really? was, that was the one that got me out of my shirt and I was on the floor. And, wow. But have I, you done I, it again? Yeah. Every well, night. That, that's because I built up tolerance for it. But I realized this, if I was going to take it for sleep. Right. Because trip this out, right? When I took it really late, like 10 o'clock, around three in the morning, I felt it hit. Like it woke me up right out of my sleep. I was like, boom. Oh, shit. My, I'm high. I feel it. But I went right back to sleep and had a great sleep. But I noticed that if you want to, if you're going to take like, you're going to take a chance on the five to 800 or a thousand milligrams, you better be taking that shit at six o'clock. So really? when, it, so when it hits you at 10 or 11, so you'll, you'll be right in the perfect place. Right. So you're ready to lay out. So you're ready to lay out like, and then you can still wake up kind of feeling good. And you'll, yeah, you won't be as, you won't be as like droggy. Yeah. Like yeah. high as fuck in the morning, you, like I you, was. You got to time it out if you're gonna take that higher milligrams, which which we're extremists, so we do this yeah all the and, time. Yeah. And uh, I I laid off of it after the the last time just because it was like we were doing we were doing a lot of milligrams for. <laughs> Is that your regimen though? Do you realize that? Because like everybody listening, going, that's fucking be real. You wake up, wake and bake. You're on the way to the office, maybe smoking yeah. on the joint blunt on the way in. I'm imagining. Right. And then at night, you're noticing for your experience that the other oils are what helping you go to bed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the weed doesn't put me to sleep like right? that. I would, you know, so so they got something called undo now. Right. Have you heard of that shit? Where you take it and it's supposed to undo your high? What is it? Uh, just pure CBD? I, no, no. It's it's actually has nothing. No CBD in it. That's some random shit and I forgot yeah, too. Yeah, I, yeah, a bunch it, of I, I haven't looked at what's natural in it, stuff, but, though. But this, uh, the group came in here and they're talking about it. And uh, I, I actually had a doctor friend of ours, though, uh, Dr. Chalmers. He was in Texas and he he got his hands on some good weed and he smoked and he felt all uncomfortable and shit like that. So he took the undo and he lives preaches by hmm. it now. He's like, oh, it took CB- me right out of my 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 high. And I was like, no shit. Straight up CBDs do that, too. Like not with not the full stre- spectrum, just like the regular CBDs. They're supposed to level you level you out as well. Right. Um, a lot of people don't know that they just, you know, they just smoke, smoke some weed and maybe get anxieties because they smoke something that was too strong for them at the level that they're at. Because if you go to a dispensary as 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 a someone new to it and you don't ask questions or maybe the bud tender isn't educated enough, that's just a job for them and they don't know shit. They might give you 
like as a beginner, the 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 most Wise. potent strain they got right there just to, you know, be selling that. And then this person gets a horrible experience. Experience. Well, yeah. When My did you start that? When did you start being the connoisseur of that? Like, because now you know you have Doctor Green Thumbs. You have a dispensary. You have a brand. You know, you were just a, an artist back in the day, a young rapper coming out of fucking the hood out here in L.A. And you know, you're smoking weed. You're known for this. But it sounds like, and I'm rolling the dice. I'm going to assume that you're totally a part of the medical aspect of this. Yeah, I mean, we believe in it. We've known it for a long time. One of our mentors was Jack Carrere. Love Jack. put us on the yeah. game, you know, all the all the uses and possibilities as it related to cannabis. So, you know, we had an education from one of the best, you yeah. know, and uh, then we got to know some of the old school high time staff where they were very knowledgeable of cannabis. I mean, because that's what they did. Ed Rosenthal, Steve yeah. Bloom and guys like that. And rest in peace, Chef Ra. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, they they sort of put us on the game and, you know, we realized we had a platform in the music, so we were going to amplify what we were being taught by these guys. And, uh, you know, as far as becoming a connoisseur goes, um, as as a young smoker, we didn't, you know, it was whatever we could get our hands on, but it wasn't that obsessed with seeds and sticks, uh, not, necess not necessarily, necessarily that. But from but the we did, this, but we sure, did, though. but we did come across that when the good shit wasn't around, yeah. you know, and you sort of just had to to do it. That and you, Mexican cess, and it's sort of like you know, it's one of those things where you hate yourself for doing it after, you know what I mean? Like, oh, why, why did I do that? It's all popping, pop, pop, pop. But you know, Fourth it, of July. I became a connoisseur when when I met Rest in Peace, uh, Jerry Jerry Hurtado, which he was known as Skate Master Tate, um, and he was uh, big in the skate world. Um, he used to do a show on uh, Nickelodeon with guys like Tony Hawk, Christian Asoy. And, um, you know, all the Steve Alba. Yeah. All those guys. Yeah. He was he was connected with that. But he also was a DJ in a lot of our first Cypress Hill album samples that we that we use were based off of his record collection, along with with digging that Muggs was doing on his own. But some of them were based out of this dude's collection. Now, he used to slang weed Tate like one of his many jobs. <laughs> <laughs> he used to slang weed, but it was only, you know at that time, premium level weed, which right now we'd probably consider it mids, but at the time- Top shelf right there. top shelf. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember people bringing shit below that to him and he'd be like, fuck out of here with that. Don't ever bring that <laughs> shit to me. Don't, if you're gonna show up at my house, you better not have this bullshit with you. <laughs> really? And I was like, wow. Yeah. And then, you know, cause I realized it in that, you know, in that moment when I was smoking his shit and then I went to go smoke with one of my homies who had some similar shit as the guy that brought, who got kicked out of the house for bringing that. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, okay. You got this shit? You got that shit? Get that shit the fuck out of yeah. here. And and right after that. A lot of people and like we didn't, that. So. And we didn't have money then yet. You know, we were still like, you know, struggling artists. We were like doing promo shows and stuff like that. Or actually not even then, we were still doing demos. Um, to get the deal but even then he instilled this to me so like if there was no good weed around or if i didn't have money to buy the good weed i wanted to smoke i just didn't smoke yeah really yeah wow. I carried just, just that. cut it out just like i was one of those gardeners like whatever came okay yeah, yeah i'll hit it, I'll hit it. You 1989 you remember the strain the alien when they brought the alien yeah around? remember that one that one hit pretty hard for a minute yeah yeah you're a big og guy though right yeah i mean we smoked again whatever we could until the og came, came around in. Uh, there was some good weed coming out of East L.A. before we came um, 
before we um, acquainted ourselves with OG. Um, it was like $400 an ounce. It oh, was the most expensive yeah. shit at that point. Um, then the OG came around and knocked it down. You know, OG was going for like 500 on the average, but in certain places, people would hit you with six, six seven hundred, eight, yeah, eight hundred dollars. They could do oh that. God. Cause, yeah, because yeah, if it was like you couldn't find that shit anywhere. I used to get that weed seller for the eighth for sixty and always pinch it. I <laughs> mean, you're getting three, not the three point five. Don't get it twisted. Joe pinches. <laughs> Joe pincher. Joe Elvis pincher. would always tell the story. That's how I met Elvis uh, from the doghouse doing that shit right there. And is that what you? How did you and Kenji then form this? As we're yeah, talking about, Kenji's this? been with you forever. So huh? Kenji started off on a road crew in 1993 or or 94, something like that. We had a we had a partner that um. You know, he was with the House of Pains crew named Gator. And Gator started to work for us. And he he knew we needed a couple of road guys because some of the guys we were using sort of fell off because it was new. We were all green to the game. And so uh, he brought on Kenji. And uh, so Kenji started off as like, you know, stagehand roadie. And uh, we got to know each other. And then we got into cannabis. We We started bringing seeds back from Amsterdam and things like that and you know blowing them up in my garage then when we realized my garage wasn't the place he started <laughs> you know trying to blow up other locations so we've been not trying he did it well at first it's trying <laughs> yeah you yeah, know your yeah. first three yeah. years you're trying you're to figure trying. it out yeah and then you know that's Is that what it took you guys think three years of trial and error well in that time like for him to sort of get it right for for what people got used to what what his um sort of quality was yeah it took three years to like get that right yeah quality. losing 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 uh the crops yeah and you know mold and powder mold mildew and, and uh the the the, the struggles the, of the growing the i mean every spider mites yeah. because at that point nobody had grows like that nobody had a an and who was your mentor growth. that said okay come in and do this nobody really came in and probably just laced you up going no we oh. went we went to amsterdam and saw it and we were like we need to do this at home yeah, you know what I mean. That was the the main influence going into some of the shops, seeing the hydroponic setups that they had and how it worked, and we're like, "Well, fuck, what are we gonna do? If we they should, can we do it, we do can that. do it." Yeah, because up north they got all that forestry up there. They can do the outdoor gardens and 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 make it happen. Out here in the south, we don't really have that freedom. Um, they'd get taken down fast. So growers out here in the south put up you know, hydros, you know, hydro farms, hydroponic, whatever, and uh, dealt with growing inside. So it might've started in a garage, then an apartment, then a house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause that's that what, was, that's that was what happens. Cause that was what was going on here <laughs> before everybody got into a warehouse is let me go rent or lease house. this house and yeah. blow the whole house up. It's not even where I live. You, you don't, it's just where I blow house. this You don't yeah. live in the master bedroom. The master and, bedroom and, in the garage is Right. Every, is and taken. I'm going to put three of my homies to to supervise and watch and work, yeah. you know, and, and make sure this there. is cool. And that was the get down out here. You know what yeah. I mean? So it was like, you know. I he had so, one of those. <laughs> so he, yeah. So yeah. anyone that was growing in the South, including Kenji. Had to do that. Went from a garage to an apartment yeah. to a house. To and a then, warehouse. And then, you know, building up all that sort of know-how, all the experience, everything. And then to, like, step up and graduate to an industrial grow. Because doing a house or an apartment isn't quite the same as doing a whole goddamn, thir you know, 30,000 um, square 
uh, square foot warehouse. Yeah, big time. It's a big deal. With is that what you guys have now? Um, it's close to that, probably. Yeah. Did you did you start in your actual studio as a grow? The reason I asked is because I, I not I the did, studio. No, no, no. no, no Blue st- studio was a hot spot like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, my shit was hot. Like, only I had reason I, two studios like, only just reason, like that. Only reason we didn't was because the landlord to the studio kept sending someone to run a check to make sure we weren't growing. Right, right. Yeah. She would send she would send someone every like six months. No way. To really? cruise out front, and you know we we're from the hood. We noticed. Yeah, we see everything. This type of shit. Like who's that? <laughs> Motherfucker, like right in front. Are like, you coming or going? What the fuck yeah, are you doing so here? So one day we yeah. stopped and we're like, "Hey, what's up? Why yeah. do you keep looking in the building?" Oh, I'm the building manager for the owner, the and manager. we want to make sure we want to make sure that you're not that you minorities are being uh, in line. <laughs> that you're not growing There's too cannabis. many blacks and Mexicans around here. <laughs> that you minorities aren't growing cannabis in my space, right? So we're like, "Well, why don't you come on in yeah. and take a look?" Yeah, and just- to their surprise, there was. There nothing was no there. nothing there. And yeah. then they came six months again, six months later again. The, Come on in. Let me show you what the only green that's up in here is that big ass green screen back there. Yeah. Because we got a big ass psych wall. Psych and, wall, and, yeah. uh, You know, so like they stopped bothering us after that. We could have blown it up after that last yeah. time because they've never come back to check. But yeah, I mean, I always thought, you know, let me just keep that shit away Separate. from the broadcasting because I don't want to be in the middle of a broadcast and then, you know, LAPD's knocking down the, the door raid. for yeah. the raid. We yeah. had we had the same thing. We were throwing we're throwing a party here, our first our first party here, and we have it's sec- my birthday party. Yeah, it was Joe's yeah. party. Yeah, Joe's birthday party, and and uh, we're sitting here and and I'm out front. I'm not out front actually. I'm, I'm I had an earpiece in though, and, and I had a security guard out front, and he goes, he says, "Hey man, uh, cops just rolled up." I said, okay, what do they want? You know, <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. I haven't talked to him. I was like, well, fuck, go see what they go see what they yeah. want. You know, so I was like, I'll be right out there. So I walk out, and I'm looking around the party, you know, and I'm like, fuck, dude, bring him in, you know. And there, and I just looked around. I was like, well, everybody's good. They're just smoking weed. Like, what the fuck? So I go out front, and there's this fucking cute ass cop. Yeah, she She's hot. hot as he fuck. was good looking. Yeah, <laughs> Joe took him home. So uh, Larry was a cool uh, uh, dude, man. That guy Larry was fucking dope. He did. Joe took him behind the set. So, <laughs> so no, so so I go out there and she, I'm talking to her and she's like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, "What's up?" And I was like, "You get a call or something?" And she's like, "Actually, no." And I'm like, "Cool." Like, what's up? <laughs> and she's like, "I just, I, I just kind of trying to figure you out right now." And I'm like, "Okay, what's what's that mean?" And and she's like, "Well." She's like, I've never seen so many nice fucking cars in my life in this neighborhood. <laughs> She's like, what is going on? You're I, a drug I'm, dealer, aren't you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I said, oh, we, we should. All of us we are. Should, we should a show called Cannabis Talk 101. And she goes, okay. And she's like, but you don't sell weed here, right? I said, no. You don't sell alcohol here, right? No. I said, but we give it away. And she goes, you give away weed and, and alcohol and, and food? Yeah. Every time we have parties, we give it away. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she's like, well, I was like, why don't you come in? And she's like, oh, okay. So she starts, hold on a second, calls him. You know, I'm going, in, back the, up. I'm going in the building. You know, <laughs> yeah. she's saying some fucking code that she's going in the building. And then two other, you know, I mean, little yoke dudes comes. That's the dude he was talking about that he ended up with, Larry. <laughs> um, so he comes in, though, 
He walks in. That she walks. I didn't in, know if he was and, first or not. <laughs> <laughs> she walks through the building, and everybody else is, you know, like, oh shit, that's just a real copier, you know. They Fuck thought me. she was a stripper. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of the chicks did. She's like, "Are you the stripper?" And she pulled her cuffs out, and she goes, "After midnight, <laughs> swear to God." You know what I mean? And that's so awesome. she's walking right by here. She walks the whole place, and then I, I took her all the backs and the crannies and the crannies, and so she didn't think that we were doing anything illegal. The rest of the cops came, did a little tour. Everybody else kind of got a little stiff for a second. And we kind of just turned up the news. She's like, whatever you guys need Now we're carte blanche hey, in this area. Dog. We get pulled over. Here, we got your back. All the they cops know the us. Boys, they pull us over. They pull up like, what's up? Cannabis man? Talk 101. They're good. like, oh, cool. They don't fuck with us at all. If you're up front. You know what I mean? They'll cool. be cool with yeah, We have weed yeah. here, but we're not selling yeah. it. We yeah. have weed. Yeah. But the smoking weed. We're not we have plants and fucking pounds. I would imagine half the cops are smoking weed now. Now, there was a time when we had all kinds of shit here. Not here, but, you know, in my presence. I can relate. Yeah, I remember. You have a studio. We're going to take a break real quick. We're going to yeah, come back. Man. I'm going to ask you, B, because you and Blue are from adjacent neighborhoods growing yeah. up as kids. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. Um, I, I'm kind of getting it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to figure out the first time you guys met because you guys go oh, way shit. back. But we're going to figure it, it out. It's Cannabis Talk 101. Be real. Cypress Hill, Dr. Green Thumb. Let's go. Right here on Cannabis Talk 101. Follow Blue at one Christopher Wright. Follow Joe Grande at Joe Grande 52. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on our website, CannabisTalk101.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. We're the world's number one podcast for everything cannabis. You want to turn that typical into something special, folks? When it comes to infused products, the flavor you taste should be just as enjoyable as the feeling you experience. Make sure you check out the website, loranoils.com. I don't know, B, if you've tried these Loran oils, but I'm telling you right now, dog, they are so legit and good in all products. Like, they're good oils just to use for cooking, but in the cannabis products... 
I'm not just saying this because one of our partners, like I could tell the difference when I smell packages. I go, is this made with Loran oils? Four out of the four times, we were right. And out of the times I go, I don't ask because it's just, I don't smell that great. I mean, it smells good, but like, not like, is this Loran oils? Do you have an edibles line? Oh, we haven't started the edibles line. We do we do collaborations with like big peaks in terms yeah. of the cookies oh, and that's stuff right. like that. But we we've been focused on flower product and, and whatnot. Because uh, if if you're going that direction, man, they they put the the flavor in the oils, the oils, you know. Yeah. Been around for sixty and years. They've been around sixty eight years, years or something like that. Yeah. They, they got it down. Oh, oh dog, man. they're legit. They come and do a cooking show with us, and uh, they they've been introduced. Everything we the taste is like. They, oh. they penetrated the cannabis industry with us, and 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 and. and they are amazing though their, their flavoring is better than anything second to ever. none like they're sold at whole foods when it's done right it's amazing man yeah, yeah. exactly edibles so, so for sure check that out be real cypress hill dr green thumb before we went to break you're from los angeles blue you're from los angeles what neighborhood blue i'm from downey and you're from southgate yep neighbors right there <laughs> adjacent <laughs> cities I so lived in you, Downey for a, for, a, for a hot minute so did send off yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. it's funny because blue's a little younger Am than, I? than us. <laughs> yes. I mean, and the only the reason why is because I know how old we all attack, are. Yeah, exactly. You already had a fucking heart attack, for God's sakes. Yeah. You think Be Real would, as much as on stage doing Well, Send Dog did. And, yes. and, and, and we were actually talking on break that when Send Dog had his first heart attack, I his son called me, and uh, this was fucking, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. Maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. His son, Noe, calls me, and he's like, my dad had a heart attack blue and this and that. And I was like, cool, I'm, I'll be right there. And I went over to uh, his house and... I, I was in his garage. Remember that garage yeah. in Downey where he had the yeah. little work? Yeah. So I was I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, B, you got to break this shit on the radio. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, man, dude, you, like you're fucking sand dog from Cypress Hill, dog. Like you just had a fucking heart attack. Like let the fucking world know, you know, and some prayers. Yeah. Like, dude. And <laughs> and, and uh, so I, I called up, uh, I think someone at 92.3 at the time. I forgot who was there. Um, that big heavy set Mexican cat. Um Ah, fuck what was the name dude i don't i forget but he was at 93 the uh, the, the beat or the i think yeah, it was the beat then it was beat then uh anyways he jumps on he's like man i love to interview him and then boom, 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 boom we did like fucking 10 interviews right after that different radio stations all across the states you know and um you know it, it, i talked to him today about it because i i tried actually, to bring him in huh? i tried to bring him in yeah to, to come in i was going to have you do a quick show and then have him walk around the corner and do the other half of this song right and then he was like, "No, nah, I'm too far away. I'm not. It's not going to happen." But um, uh, I so then I started asking questions about my heart attack, like you know, what I'm saying like, "What do yeah. you think?" So I think Joe Joe was going to f- follow. But, but no, but yeah, up. following up with the. Yeah. Do you guys remember the first time you guys met? Because being young in those neighborhoods, Whew, yeah, being yeah. young, fucking hard headed. I mean, let's oh, let's just call it because. To- we all know that you're affiliated with the Bloods. Yes, once upon a time. Once upon a time. <laughs> once you know upon I mean? a crime. And we all know Blue, once upon a time, has the imperial way on his arm. <laughs> so you're representing these streets as hard as can be. It's, it's, it's been out there. So do you guys remember? I know, Blue, I, you can I, remember. I mean, uh, do you remember in the neighborhood? As a matter of fact, do you have the old pictures? Well, I do. I, do. I got some old pictures, but I remember... Um, you know, I don't. I want to say the very first time, but I, I I remember back when like Marv and um Soldier yeah back at at fucking uh when we were at uh the Rainbow the Rainbow yeah and Juice one you remember Juice Juice yeah when we were doing all the the suspect entertainment That's shit right. I mean we're talking what is that twenty years ago suspect though. entertainment Close, yeah wow, yeah I so I mean I I go back into those days but I was just a different character figure yeah. so 
he probably didn't. Like, it's like when I seen Big, Big was like, man, I know you. And he sat there. Remember, Big Boy was, you know, right. chilling with Joe. And he came. He's like, I know you. I'm like, man, I've known you for years, Big. And he's like, I don't remember you. And I showed him an old picture. He was like, Dad, Blue, what's up? You know, he's like, you interviewed me at this. And because I was running around, I did. I interviewed you. You at, handed me um, your CDs at. <laughs> no, well, I, I, I was Play rapping. I used to rap. And then I was, I was, I did, uh, um, I, I, uh, what was it the uh, fucking well Chang had the you yeah guys industry had the, or in, industry insider yeah can't well it was for me it was mine was Imperial Stars TV right so I interviewed you on Imperial Stars TV uh, at uh, uh, what was it the fucking um, uh, one of the events yeah the t- smoke out pay, sm- smoke out paid yeah. dues paid dues all yeah. that shit yeah so just a bunch a bunch of those different places but um, where do you remember do you remember meeting Joe at oh for the first time Joe you know. Off air, we 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 talked about the actual first time. I thought it was on on Big Boy's show, but you know Joe remembers um, it different. Remembers it different, and now that he says it, I definitely remember. He he uh yeah, you had a show, um, the Doghouse, right? Right. Yeah. Ninety four nine. Yeah, you in, interviewed <clears throat> us while we were up in is it the Bay, right? Yep. Yeah. Which is we crazy- used to run up there a lot. I mean, like Sony had us running up there for the Gavin. For any little thing that would happen, music related, and so we were up there just trying to cover everything. And that crowd just loved you. And when you think about the Bay and you think about Cypress Hill, when I first met you too, and the, and the group, there was just a few things that made me gravitate towards you. Obviously, it was Latin. Like who are we kidding, right? Seeing yeah, a Latin right. hip hop fucking artist. Yeah. Growing up, dog, we didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to see somebody doing it, and then I smoked weed, and this motherfucker's talking about weed. It was just like I remember being like, and everybody else who's in that all genre of People, for me, there's a lot of us Latinos that we right. never seen some fucking Latino out there killing it like that. Right. You know, so I, it was like, it stood out like them. And then, you know, and from even that before I was at Hot 97.7 and that's when you guys started coming into the game. So it's funny that I literally have seen your whole fucking career whole from yeah. my seat as on radio and watching this group, which is funnier as he just mentioned it because I... <laughs> Our more stories are from Big Boy's neighborhood. They're right. personal stories well, be- and funnier stories of where we and then we've seen each other. I told people like at hundreds of fucking I mean bunch of events, yeah. And but basketball games alone. Yes. Like I mean, when Lakers. you think about basketball games, dog, I've seen you at like hundreds. Well, listen yeah. to this. Check this literally out. throughout the years, right? So so we both grew up listening to Joe Grande. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> You, know what I'm yeah. you guys it. are younger than me, both of you fucks. So let's just get that straight first. We off. both grew up listening to you, Joe. Well, hey, thank you guys yeah. for listening. Yeah, I was a young buck. Yeah. I know I taught you guys how to rap no, and everything else did, too. Thank so you. So I was at Can Am Studios, which was Defro. That's right. We used to work there yeah. every now and then. Yeah. yeah, I was at Defro in the '90s. Um, I was like 17 years old. I was when uh, Lyric was at the front door. You remember Lyric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was there. I went when Heron was still alive and all that shit, and then. Um, I ended up doing a couple tours and then I did some shows and shit where we opened up for you guys and, and, um, under the Imperial assassins, right. You know what I'm saying? And then, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Duke and his, uh, cycle realm, cycle realm. Yeah. They were working, working a, a lot, quite a bit then. And then I, I was, you know, I ended up doing a, a, a world tour, not a world tour, I guess it was, but it was in Australia. I went to Australia, did New Zealand, um, uh, the Olympic Park Center, a couple of those uh, places out there. Yeah. And I, I was trying to book you guys for this, that show. And then I ended up uh, getting with Jamie Adler. Jamie, you yeah. remember Jamie? That's yes. uh, what's his name's brother from uh, Guns N' Roses, yeah. right? Um, and Jamie and I fucking link up. And then Jamie sends me out to, uh, uh, I, I, well, I hooked up the, the funding for the tour. 
but I hooked up with Jamie. Jamie hooks up with Steve LaBelle, and then they send me out to fucking uh, uh, a couple different other states and shit, I mean, countries, and I'm out there fucking opening up for all these motherfuckers. That was uh, that's great. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking uh, Bone, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Harmony. Yeah, fucking uh, Corrupt and the Dog Pound, all them shit, and uh, just all kinds of motherfuckers. Good gigs. It was, yeah, it was fun, dude. I fucking crushed it, man. Speaking of gigs, though, you've been able to do this generationally, like. You go decades now, which is fucking crazy yeah, to man. think, dog. And it's Epic. great because Epic. when you look at life, folks, you look at a businessman, they could be a young 20-some-year-old businessman that starts off young and then stays successful and keeps fucking doing business. You look at athletes, right. they have a time and period. You guys are businessmen in my book, right? Like you're a fucking professional, professional. businessman, but a musician, musician, <laughs> artist, singer, yeah. dancer, yeah. fucking whatever. To be able to do it, though, dog, generationally, I mean, to stay in shape, to fucking work out, to have a hernia. <laughs> yeah. Folks, he just had a hernia. The man is, you know, do the math. We're in our 50s, for God's sake. I'm 53 now. Exactly. Yeah. Now so, we, motherfuckers. Well, now we. I say we because, like I said, I, I followed his career. I was, I was with him during the whole time. I played. I played. And I was watching you guys. <laughs> exactly. But my point is, B, what do you give credit to that? Like, artists... Don't do what you do. You are like yeah, the man. iconic fucking guy now. And this fucking guy from Southgate, you know, 100,000 people and more plus, right? I mean, you I just mean, rock big crowd. But like, what do you like, attribute like, it? Literally, like, right? Like, yeah. when you sit there and go, fuck, I mean, you could say, I don't know, but your work ethic, everything else, you've done so much. But what is some like tips that you can give artists? Like, dude, this is what I think is what really the helped. out there. It, it was a couple things, right? One, hip hop was of a competitive nature. And we were all competitive, you know, from sports. Like Sendog played football and baseball and, and uh, Muggs played baseball. I fucked with basketball and a little bit of football, but not much because my grades were horrible. I could not get on the team. Um, <laughs> but, but would you have been a two or three? What? I don't know. You know, when you're that young, you don't know what it's, right, what's, okay. what's going to develop. You're just you trying. Know, you're trying, yeah. right? Um, but we were all very competitive. We were like, like the type of kids where when it was basketball season, we were playing other neighborhoods at the local Love park or, or the local school. Yeah. It was football season. We were getting our little squad yeah. and going and playing other fight neighborhoods. fight them in the parks. Come that, on. We, that, you know, that, I mean, I'm in one of those parks. <laughs> so we were always yeah. very competitive. And when we got into hip hop, we realized there was a competitive thing, yeah. too, when you watch some of the early um, you know, documentaries like Wild Style or, or well, that's a movie. but you know, um, style wars and things like that, you realize it's based off of who who could rock the party the hardest, who could throw up the best mural, who could, you know, break dance, the, 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 the elements dancers, of hip hop. Yeah. All the, the elements, elements of hip hop. Yeah. So we were, you know, pretty much like very competitive. So we took that spirit and once we got he locked in spirit. <laughs> so, so once Fuck we yeah. got locked really? into it. Fuck yeah. Once we got locked into it, you know, like from the first album in like figuring out how to do shows because in the first you know first couple years we were like very green like figuring out for ourselves because we we really didn't know we were just okay we're supposed to perform these songs and uh you know we're learning how to perform them but we're not necessarily knowing how to craft them to make the crowd bounce move. the way that they move right yeah and it took a couple years before we got that down right and when we got that down we just put our foot on, on the, the goddamn gas. gas and like you know stayed with that momentum oh this is how you craft a show now let, let's just continue to dial it in and make shows better and then 
when you're at that level, you're like, I got to stand up on this. It could never be half-assed. So like, if we're going to do this, we all got to commit 100% into, even if it's like, let's say, like you said, we're performing in front of hundreds of thousands of people. You know, our biggest show as Cypress was Woodstock, which was like close to half a million. Fuck, man. When I did shit with Prophets of Rage, it was 700,000. That's great. So like, Seven hundred thousand. From, from, from it being that big to let's just say maybe ten people there. Yeah. Our whole goal every time when we hit the stage was to give one hundred ten percent and give people an experience and not be burned out by what we're seeing because realistically we're supposed to be entertaining them, not them entertaining us. Right. Right. So it's like boom, we're gonna show up and blow up. We're gonna cut the head off of whoever's headlining. They gotta follow what we do. Yeah, that was always the mentality, and we still have it to this day. Like nobody's like, "Oh man, we gotta go do this." We're like, nah. "We're in, we're gonna go do this, or we're gonna go fucking kick ass." We're in kill mode. Yeah, yeah. When we're when we're going on stage, and 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 to speak to the the keeping healthy and and being able to do it at the level we do it because our show is like very intense in terms of the the pace of the show there it's like a roller coaster oh, ride fuck you get mosh pits going for god's right? sakes i mean geez. so there's up tempo songs that you have to keep up with as a rapper yeah it's not like singing where your phrase is very short but it's sustaining the words rap is like that 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 that, that. you know what i mean like a whole lot of words and it, it compacted in it in 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 a bar right and uh it takes cardio to do this yes right so like it we does. always because we we were always into sports. We trained like I, you know, I did martial arts. I did Shotokan karate and, and kickboxing. Muggs did boxing and kickboxing. And I think Muay Thai, uh, Sendog was always into like football and gym work and stuff like that. And then, you know, we all hit the gym. I just, as I got older, I changed my style of workouts to make it according to like what I needed to be doing on stage. I couldn't get all muscly because that you would can't move as, you can't I can't as, move on yeah. stage and you would get more tired you would get tired in an hour and a half night to night trying to carry all that muscle yeah. around. So I found a way in the middle where it, you know I'm like feel good. Feel How good. many years did that take? Oh, it you know, it's you're always working on you're it. You're still but, fucking you figuring know, it out. No, nah, but like I'll, I'll tell you what, in I would say probably in in 97 is when when I got it together together and like Mel did all those things. Now my diet still, I, I didn't get it right. You know, we were partying, drinking Jack, eating late. I was, you know, my metabolism was fucked up. I was doing all this stuff, but I, I was not dropping any weight. I was getting heavier and stuff like that. But, um, but in terms of the endurance, I was able to, to go Keep out there, but I changed my workouts, you know, probably in, instead of just doing like running on the treadmill or running a couple, few miles and then hitting hard ass weights, I flipped it because I, I kept, you know, realizing that I'm getting heavier, I'm stronger, it, and I got the yeah. endurance, but... Muscle weighs more than fat. Yes, muscle weighs more than fat. So, like, I found a trainer to help me dial in the diet and, like, you know, get to where the point where I wasn't carrying all this muscle, but I was feeling strong and had the endurance, and I could do a two-hour show yeah. if I needed to, you know? So, like... Doing like 45 minutes, that's like light work to me. You know what yeah, I mean? Because easy. repetition, baby. What? Be, because <laughs> I was working like out for like an hour and a half, five days a week at one time. Like, so it was light work what we were doing on the stage. But that was one of the reasons I was doing it for was one for my health, two, 
to make these shows it's get easier. Because you're a performer. Like, that's your job. Yeah, to <laughs> be able to, to do the show, but actually make it easier because as you get older, these shows don't get easier, especially when you're touring the wear and tear of, you know, traveling maybe, you know, 100 miles to the next city right after you just got off stage and then you got to go do the same thing when you got three, four of those shows in a row, especially at our age, you got to be able to keep up with that. Yeah. So all of us stood dedicated to taking care of ourselves, eating right and hitting that gym, smoking lots of weed because that the way helps. Through it. <laughs> um, and and that that's what keeps us rolling, man. You know, you put us up, up against anybody. I mean, any fucking body. Yeah. We're going to blow that shit up on them. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's great advice, man, for, for those youngsters out there. And I, I think you said something that resonates really well with my, myself and, and, and a lot of people out there is when you do a show, you know, you got to be doper than the headliner that's in front of you. And, and, and I used to, I, I literally, youngsters like, what, what can you tell me? I'm like, fucking open for any and everybody you can and steal their fan base. Yeah. Straight up, because that's the goal. That's your role. We don't ever want a headline. We'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You better be bringing it. Bring it. If, if, if we're playing support, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, you know, like, you whenever we bring get it. like, yo, we don't want, I don't want the headline spot. But if we, if it, if it calls for it, we'll do it because I mean, you know. But you that, headline all, all, the, all the time. time. Yeah, yes. you headline all the time. Yes, we do. But, I mean, and, yeah, and are, I know and, how expensive you are. And we, <laughs> yeah, and we you are, say that you're I've making it sound like you don't headline. Like, I've battled with your manager before. No, no, <laughs> no, we do headline, and 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 that's because people know we bring it, and yeah. we don't ever dial it in. You know, it's always like we're always ramped up to give that show, and we don't care who's going on before us because we know what we're there to do. We're here to chop the fucking head off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so it, we prefer to, yeah. to be in the, the co-headline spot because that's where the true head chop is. But, the, yeah. You, but, uh, you know, at that's it, where the true head shot. <laughs> it's yes. all head shot. Yeah. But, you know, when you're headlining, you got it's like you're beating back the beasts. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because they're all coming for you too and it's friendly competition yeah, yeah, no. there's nobody in the ah oh, fuck those dudes they yeah. wouldn't be playing the gig with you if yeah. it was like that because we're it's 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 trying to be like a good vibe but you know the competitive but there's competition on stage we work we work and it makes the show better because it's like any act that's coming on is like well shit man these guys are playing i you know i don't want to get two teams are playing like, dog one team wants to win and we're all going on stage to play Someone needs to go it's out like, of there. It's winner. like going on after Buster Rhymes. And the, yes, exactly. And that's a win-win for the crowd because everybody's up on their game because nobody wants to be the weak one. Yes, yeah. and if you come after Buster Rhymes, <laughs> you better have the catalog. I told you. Along with the perfection of your set. Yeah, man. To keep up Buster's with that Buster's one of the hardest. One of the hardest and one of the dopest showmen. Red and meth. Yeah. Dope. You better have your shit together coming back. Coming yeah. up after them. Yeah. Who else? Who else? Speak, speak on a couple more where you're like, yes, I like in hip hop or just in general? In general. In general, yeah. I like in general. Uh, we had to follow Rage Against the Machine Ooh. one time. And Ooh. that. That's a serious rock concert <laughs> right there. Like, well, look, we were the only hip hop on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's all good. a metal fest in Madrid, right? We're in Madrid, Spain. And we're headlining one of the, the three stages. And, you know, we're like, cool enough whatever you know by that time we were sort of like realizing that we were getting booked in these metal shows that no other hip-hop groups were maybe public enemy and maybe the beastie boys but not really anybody else and um so we'd do the gigs and we'd see people fucking blow up to our shit but 
we realized in this set, because I didn't know, I never paid attention to any, like, what, who's going on before us and shit like this. It was, go do the job. But I knew who Rage was because, like, I knew those guys. You know what I mean? I, I, I met them before they blew the fuck up. Oh, right. And we, and we had take, taken them on a tour. I knew what they were capable of. Right. And, and, and it, by this point, when we're doing this festival, we're still, like, the headliner, but they are little brother who are yeah. actually blowing fuck, fuck up. Yeah. So I had mad anxieties. I'm like, oh, ah. fuck, man. You know, I didn't, we, we always had the competitive nature, but the killer mentality sometimes I didn't have because I was still kind of green in these moments. And I was like, shit, how are we going to follow this, this right here? Right. And I was just thinking in terms of sound, because their sound is fucking Big. huge yeah. in comparison to what you hear in a hip hop set. We only have two tracks. And if, you know, we have slightly more because of Bobo with the percussions, but in terms of sound, we can only go up so much. Yeah. Whereas when you're playing instruments, you could crank that shit the fuck up and it sounds crazy. Yeah. Now, that's what I was hearing. I was not hearing what, what the crowd was hearing, right? Because our sound is, is, is going to be competitive mm. with anybody else's sound out there. But on stage, it's a mind fuck. You know what mm. I mean? I, I heard how big they sounded. I'm like, oh, man, we're going to get blown <laughs> out. Da, 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 da. Yeah, because yeah. they they had a bunch of monitors. That You're all were fucked like, that. We're oh. bringing a band. Yeah. After that show. Is that when you started yeah. doing that? Yes, after that Is show. That I was right? like, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I was overthinking it because when we came out and did our thing, I thought, you know, the crowd was going to be dead because they just blew them up. Yeah. <laughs> we came out. And blew them up even more. Like we didn't rocked. get we didn't get our head chopped off. And I was like happy about that. But it was it was one of those bittersweet things because I felt like we did great, but they still sounded better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what that live instruments. Yeah. There's those butts that I hate. You, know, you I, hate. I, I, I yeah, seen, that, I seen, that was one of those things. For I actually me. seen that happen once. And, uh, you know, I went to uh, at one point, you know, I got I ended up leaving the L.A. district and I ended up in Orange County. I was got, got in some trouble. So they kicked me out of uh, L.A. You? district. Yeah. And I ended up at the school with the d from yeah. Cottonmouth Kings. Yeah. And we were at the Orange show and I was standing there and I'm like, you know, who are these fucking guys? You know what I mean? Like these new, you know, group there. And I'm like, not not the Cottonmouth Kings because Cottonmouth Kings was headlining. Yeah. But uh, it, and it was not. Maybe it was like Tech Nine, Cottonmouth Kings and, and uh, the Juggalos or something. Right. Yeah. A lot of motherfuckers there. But so they weren't maybe headlined. But I, I don't remember which one of them. All of them had some good group. Then this fucking group comes up, Lincoln Park. I'm like, I've never heard of these fucking guys. Yeah. They fucking went out there, bro. Killed it. Hey, Blew dude, it they up. chopped everybody's head off. When you dog. said that still to this day, Lincoln Park is still rock dog. on my playlist. Yeah. Do you know I mean? I, and the Lincoln Park Master Jay-Z Beast fucking combo was sick as Chester, fuck in my book. You know what I'm saying? Like, straight up came and just chopped everybody down that day. Yeah, and it that, happens. that day, that day, they left there with, um, with the deal... From uh, uh, somebody, I forgot who it was, but he walks up. Whoever their first their first label was, he walks up, and and I I remember seeing it all happen. I was like, damn, I'm on stage watching. I said, these motherfuckers are bad as fuck. I'm and I bet you everybody on that stage remembered that moment. Oh, dude, everybody. Because, oh, I've talked to D Loke about it. Yeah. He was like, bro, he chopped our fucking head off. In his yeah. own words, he was like, yo, they fucking chopped. What, up what are some of those moments that you don't yeah. forget like that? On stage, yeah. rock well, and do it. Well, that was one of well, them. That, that, yeah, we, yeah, exactly. But another one. Like I love stories like well, this. Well, I'll tell you a story that Morello told me. Right, name drop. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when when we were doing Prophets of Rage together, right, I asked him that question because you know, I, which I was, was dope, by the way. I, I brought, 
I brought the Madrid show up. I said, you know what prompted us to go at the back? Because I was like, the stuff that I've been that, that I've done with Cypress and other bands in terms of the heavy stuff was training for me to get here with you guys. That's what I told him. That was the path here. I'm like, but it was the night you guys chopped our head off um, in Madrid. And he goes, what do you mean? And I, I explained to him the scenario. I said, has that ever happened to you? Like what bands that you thought you totally yeah. had this as headliner that came and fucked you up? And he was like, oh, well, that's easy. I was Beastie Boys and, uh, <laughs> and the Prodigy. And the uh, Prodigy? Yeah. Oh. You, you know they delivered a smash set. Hey, Beastie Boys were hard yeah, back then and, too. And 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 he looked. He said he looked at the Beastie Boys set list and he was like, interesting. Meaning, you know, like What's they're gonna up, have yeah. to follow up Rage Against the Machine. I don't know about this set list, right? He was questioning their set list. <laughs> they came out and blew that fucking crowd up with whatever set list that was. Uh, you and, play a Beastie Boys song right now, I'm gonna fucking yeah. get funky with it. Matter of yeah. fact, put on some brass. Put on monkeys. some Beastie Boys, man. <laughs> and, and you know, I was I was surprised because yeah, that's hard to do to to like, you know, come on after Rage Against the Machine and and, and hit a home run because they've soaked the energy out and you know the prodigy you know like hearing that i was even more blown away because it's like you know you know when you put the two together on a festival you tend to know that rage's music is more aggressive so you're gonna figure you Fair know to say the, all that yeah but i'll tell you what the prodigy <laughs> shit is on hit at a festival it got everybody the fuck up i, I we've played with them we know we weren't in a position to get our head chopped off, which was good. We were yeah. on a different set. <laughs> we were on a different stage. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, the Prodigy man—they had a great set. We like we watched them several times, you know, as fans. Like, oh, they're on that stage. Okay, we're already done. Let's fucking go go see them. I, and they'd I, kill it. I got a big question, man. Um, you know, for years, you and Ice Cube have had fucking beef. I mean. For many, 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 many years, you know, and I I'm hearing a rumor right now that you know you guys are working on or worked on a project. Oh, it's done. It's Cannabis Talk 101. When we come back, I want to hear your thoughts on that. We'll be right back. After Word. This break. Hey, hey. Nice set. You want to hear your name shouted out live on the show? Call us anytime. 1-800-420-1980 and leave us a voicemail. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Cannabis Talk 101 now. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. 
the war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the number one cannabis show on the planet. You know what? F*** it. Now back to the number one cannabis show in the universe, Cannabis Talk 101. Folks, if you're looking for better health care at a better cost, then check out clearwaterhealth.com. Clearwater Health is a benefits platform for independent workers and companies that empower them. Did you guys know that 30 million people are not even insured at all? That is crazy. Do you have insurance? Yeah. You better. It's expensive. It does, right? This impacts the lives and livelihoods of so many folks, you guys. So together we can do better. If you need insurance for you or your company, check out clearwaterhealth.com. Be real. Dr. Green Thumbs in the building. We're going to hear him do a verse of some little shit later. So stick around, folks, for that. But Blue asks a serious question that has been going on in the hip-hop world for For a long time, dog. It's a long time. You and Ice Cube. And now we hear the track. Yeah, how did it start? To where it's at now? Uh, well, you know, it started with the song way back uh, that, you know, with the, I believe that his his song was called Friday, ours was Throw Your Set in the Air. It started over that. Yeah. But previously, we were really good friends. You know, we put down a song for the Friday sound tra- track, which was Roll It Up, Light It Up, Smoke It Up. And, uh, you know, we had a beef for a few years with that you know, throwing tracks back and forth on each other and stuff like that. And then in 1997, I got a call from Mac 10. Well, just before, actually, I think it was in November, December of 96. He hits me up about squashing it because it it got a little serious here and there because, you know, we got some serious people that roll with us. Right. And, uh, you know, like both sides, I'm saying. Yeah. You yeah. know, and sometimes your friends ain't taking it lightly. Their friends ain't taking yeah, it lightly. And sometimes it ain't even the two parties that end up getting fucked up behind it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the people trying to ride for us and things like that. Right. So in the name of that, you know, we decided to have a conversation. Mac 10 and I squash it. And then he is like, would you be down to talk with Cube? I was like, yeah, he just, you know, we got to talk like you and I did. Yeah. We'll squash our shit, but you know, we have to have a conversation. It can't be that because you and I squash it, you go to him and say it's all good. You know, we, him and I have to have our man to man. You know what I mean? So, called me on uh, January 1st in 97. We squashed, we squashed it and like put it behind us and said, okay, we're going to leave it right here. And, you know, we gave each other the reasons for why we launched this or that. We accepted that as men and, you know, because we were homies in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, we were pretty tight. Hey, you did this. You did this. You said that. This this brought me the like, wrong this way. This is we'll, the reason we'll... I launched on you. Right. And you have to accept that because it was valid. And then, okay, yeah, and this is why I did this. It was a reaction to that. And then we decided let's just put that shit behind us and, you know, let's be cool. We won't talk shit on each other and none of that stuff from there on. Right. And uh, I think immediately after that, like maybe 
I'm going to say a couple months, Shaq was working on a record with Peter Gunn. And then they calls um, Cube and he calls me and it's called Super Friends. And that's the first track that we get on together after the beef. And then the second one was with Warren G. I did a, you know, song with Warren called uh, Don't Let No One Get You Down. It's based off that war sample, whatever. And on the remix, he put Cube on it. And then we did a video to that. So that was the first, that was the second time people had seen us together on another song and a video. Sure. Um, you know, together to let people know this beef was done, you know, to show like, hey, we got past that. We're cool. And so years pass and, uh, you know, we start doing shows with them, you know, like different radio shows, different festivals. And like, you know, we're shooting the shit backstage. No one's seeing this because the, the platforms didn't exist to kind of show that. No social we, media. They're that, cool. That we were no longer beefing. Um, but once people start you know, started getting wind of it. Like, oh man, these are, these guys are cool again. It, you know, was like, um, you know, because we split fans. We had fans that, that loved us both and they didn't sure. want to see us beefing and they knew we were boys. So like, you know, to see that beef end and then, you know, us doing these shows and, you know, getting along and then eventually, you know, culminating up to now that we're working, you know, we, we do we've done some other songs we like we just recorded something that's uh coming out somewhere it's just one song but you know i put it in his ear one time and said hey you and i should do an ep or something and he was like yeah we should so it's 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 there we just ain't really ever like you know pulled the trigger on it yet but we did uh, that's the new uh, one we, that's the one that you guys recently did um well, the one that's out right now that people could hear is something that Muggs produced for his Soul Assassins record for Death Valley. And it has uh, MC Ran on it, Cube and myself. Wow. And that's dope. That, it's a dope, it's a dope jam. But like the other one um that that Cube and I got his people produced and it's pretty banging. So, you know, I, I don't I heard, know when I he's gonna it. Oh, you heard it? Oh, I heard it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's no. dope. It's really dope. Yeah, but it, it you know, it, it 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 was cool to show that we can get past that. I, I love that. And I, I think it's it's difficult for, you know, uh both the Hispanic and the black communities because you you really have to realize that like I, I, I believe that the face of like hip hop and and music is is definitely all all races, but who shows up to events is the Hispanics, I think. Like in the major way, not not always, but I yeah. mean that's a but I mean in that time bold, on the show. Sta bold statement, but but I mean most shows like I, like if I go to a, a, a on Ice Cube Ice Cube show, yeah. I see a lot of Hispanics there. Yeah, a lot of Latinos road for me. Yeah, yeah Latinos, sure. and so people sometimes you know they relate with you, and there could be so much like drama in that, and I I, I find it good for you guys to to take that and, and break that. You know, it's and, good for the hip hop share, world. Share for the <laughs> share for the all streets. all of our people uh, because we're all the same. I'll man. tell you a cool story behind that though. Like uh, once once we squashed it, right? He had a show not too long after we squashed it over at what is now called One Oak, right in uh, Hollywood, but it used to be Billboard Live and uh, uh, used to be Gazzari's in the eighties. It it switched names so many times. The Key Club. Yeah, yeah, the Key Club. Yeah. So, um, and I think this is when it was the Key Club. He was playing a show there, um, and uh, he told me, "Hey, you should come down to the show. The show we're like cool." That would be, it would like flip the crowd. I was like, all right, cool. 
So I go down there and I don't, you know, like, you know me, Joe, I don't roll with bodyguards. I don't roll with. The, like, I, I, I tell people this dog. Uh, like, oh, no, he's I don't. Just, I don't roll with the entourage. You know what I mean? He's I, pulling up. He's pulling up. I pulled up solo. I, I was all my people were at the rainbow. Yeah. They were at the door. tables, next occupying door. the table. Oh, <laughs> homie called me over. I'm going to go. You need anybody to go? Nah, I got this. So I roll over there. And I walk in the door and all the security there knows me. They're like, hey, bud, what's up, they're looking, bud? They're looking at me like, you here tonight? <laughs> yeah, you walking in? I'm like, yeah, I get in and fans are seeing me and they're like, oh, no, you do it here. You're by yourself, man. You're there's tripping. Beef, there's beef, and they yeah. don't know. You know what I mean? They just know there's that beef. Right. So everybody that's seeing me like, oh, my God, you're crazy. You're here by yourself. Yeah, they don't know. Right. So I'm just walking through the crowd and I finally get to like where you get to the backstage at. I go back there and, I'm, you know, waiting for him to call me up. And it's not to do a song because we didn't really have a song yet together then. But, you know, it was just the fact of coming out and showing that we're cool, you know, and it, it's unity again. You know what I mean? And he does he does whatever song he was doing. And uh, and this was a sold out key club. It was packed. And uh, is that I want to, you know, I want to bring my homeboy out real quick. Is that okay? Yeah, whatever, you know what I'm saying? All the crowd screaming. I come out, place blows up. They can't believe their (laughs) eyes because everybody thinks the beef. It was a big deal. It was. It was a big deal. Because the source industry insider magazine and even the radio stations did not know. We did not call our publicist and say, hey, the beef's over. So, you know, it surprised the shit out of the crowd when he brought me on stage and was like, oh, shit. And man, everybody lost their fucking mind because they were like, they're cool again. But, you know, thinking that, you know, the the next time we saw each other, it was like on some on site shit. That's all people knew. That's it. And so when he brings me on stage, it's like when if you're a WWE uh, fan, right? (laughs) And one of the one of the you know baby faces turns villain or villain turns baby face and the crowd goes crazy. It was like a moment like, like that, like that, like that yeah. WWE ah! move. Yeah, in the little ass rep- key club. I can't believe they're but doing it. But that shit would pop. Those yeah. spots it back pop. in the day. Oh, it still oh, does to this day. But great. Yeah. I mean, going out so and we just had an era together that of the key clubs and the sunset and yeah. the fucking Ivy and all Roxy, the other bullshit. There was great shows at the key club, but I'll tell yeah. you what, that that was a crazy night because was, he was rocking that crowd and then he brought me on and it, the pop that it had. I was like, I felt like the rock, son. Yeah, that's always a good feeling. Uh, uh, you do a show. Like, I want to talk about. To, uh, I was ready to pose up like, could you smell? I can't, I can't <laughs> wait to hear what's fucking mustering up between you guys because seeing you get with anybody from the West or anybody in general, it's just always dope because you're such a performer. And like you yeah, said, the beginning, man, great you performer. give so much and you give so much to everything. But you've been putting together a very popular fucking podcast, dog. Like your show, The Smoke Box, The Dr. Dr. Green, Green Thumb. Thumb. I mean, meditation now too. Like you do so much else. Where does that come from and why like, podcast you're a performer you make fucking a lot of money performing everywhere you're doing your thing you're about to buy a fucking building in downtown or you're looking to buy a building congratulations i'm so happy and proud for you and your company and that's the whole thing about the ink like you got a corporation and this is you that have started this and your team so like how hard was that as, as the business guy going fuck dude we got all like i'm putting this now and that and now i'm gonna 
spend time because this is real time doing yeah. podcasts. Yeah, it's a lot to juggle, you know. Um, but when 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 I was doing radio for the, those years, we realized the platform it was. Did you have more respect for us radio guys after? Oh doing hell it? yeah, <laughs> I sure did. And I considered myself one of you guys. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> learning the process and you know, like from how to run the board to you know, like how it all runs and how it works and. They allowed us to be us, and we found a voice in that. And when I quit, because we 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 quit at the beat because um, you know over an agreement that we had that they broke. Um, what was know, it? So what was it? I'll yeah. tell you what it was. <laughs> so you know the agreement was because they knew they couldn't pay me what I was really worth. It's a mixed show, you know. I could see if I was you know doing five days a week, they would have to pay me as a union, you yeah. know, like. After, member yeah, after, after and all that stuff but i'm an independent um contractor as a mix show host host right so you know in order to like be able to do that with good conscience i said look you don't have to pay me all that money because i know you don't got it in the budget but rotate our songs mild rotation we don't need no heavy shit just support our music when it comes out so we hadn't had any music when we made this agreement. We were still working on Cypress Hill 4 at this point. And the first single was Dr. Green Thumb. And, you know, over at Power 106 with you guys, you guys were rotating it in the mild rotation. These guys were spinning it maybe once or twice a day. And then when I went on tour, they pulled it off rotation. And I was like, look, one, you're embarrassing us because, you know, you got the competitor stations, which are Planet some of my more. friends over there playing it more than we do. And we work here. And at the, this point, we're already friends at this point. We've yeah, done yeah. so many things together. Yeah. And, yeah. You and, know, E-Man. Yeah. Like all our friends. I'm on, here working. Yeah. Father, I need more. I need <laughs> yeah. more spins. Give us yeah. some love. Give us some love like here because you're making us. You're making us look bad with the competitor. Of your station spinning more than someone you got working here. Right? And, you know, on top of that, you agreed. Just award it. Right? So they're like, well, what do you want us to do? You want us to put it back on? I'm like, you've already embarrassed us. So on the last show, I told these guys, "We're, we're done here. We'll find another platform, but we're done here. You know, I don't know if we'll go to power. I don't know where we'll go, but we're done here because they didn't respect the yeah, deal, it's right? Simple, yeah. Because if they did this to me once, they'll do, do it to me again. And, you know, they said Green Thumb didn't test well. Like, and how about that it became a cult classic? We go yeah. any anywhere, <laughs> any place and play that at a festival and they get up as much as they would for Insane in the Brain. Wow. Right? So bad call on their shit, right? So on our last, very last show, we ran all our sketches. And you know I used to write sketches for this show. I, I was a great comedy writer for this time. People don't know that shit. But I wrote all the sketches on our show because we ran it as it was a mixed show, but we ran it much like a morning show. Right. So we would host it, but we would have sketches going in between the mixes and this and that. I, I was writing like five sketches a week. Nice. You know, for, putting time in. You put, don't realize how much time, time it takes. It takes yes. Time. And so, Be you know, creative. when we realized we had that voice, you know, we said, fuck it. We're going we're gonna to run all our sketches without any censorship. I'm going to let the DJs run the mix. I'm going to let these fuckers have it. I'm an independent contractor. They can't come after me. Let the fucking station get fined. Fuck them. That's, that's what I thought, right? So we ran everything uncensored that night. 
Oh, wow. And uh, we even called C minus and chalk. No who, way, Mr. Who, chalk. Who were our, our, um, oh, yeah, from our power. They were on at the same time we were. And we called them live on the air. And we told them to go live. And it's something that stations don't oh, do. No. Oh, no. Yeah. Especially while well, they're competing companies. Especially competing yeah. stations. You can do it now so much with the, yeah. now that, you know, eight. <laughs> and the Monopoly is eight stations per company. So I heard yeah. has eight. Yeah. But at the time, there's the two time, different companies. Yes. It was two different companies. So they, they weren't going to do it. But Chalk said, fuck it. We'll do it. Boom. He put us on the air. We said, hey, man, we just want to say it's been great competing against you for these years but we're out you guys could have friday nights man peace to y'all over there wow. they hated la, 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 you for la. This. oh my god yeah yeah what a hey bro time. they were so pissed off but they couldn't do anything about you're it you're fired yeah. oh, later because yeah, yeah we're done. Quit. We quit. and yeah. so after that after i made my point <laughs> yeah. we were devoid of a, a platform for years and then you know stick cam my, you know my partner kenji who who was partners with me in in the green thumb and in the insane stuff um, he knew some people at Stickam who were doing, you know, that was like one of the biggest live stream platforms. I started our first show there, you know, to like try to get like a platform back. Right. And, you know, it wasn't radio, but it was something new. And man, you know, we set it off. Our first show was called the, the 420 show. And then there was a bunch of 420 shows popping up and I felt it was too generic. So I think three, four years after we started that, which was in 2009, um, we, uh, we flipped it to the Dr. Green Thumb show, uh, like, yeah, three, four years after 09, but we were doing mixed shows, which was what medication was. We don't do that show anymore, but that was one of our mixed shows that we would do on Friday night and we would host it just like we would do a mixed show with, but without the sketches, because now it's visual. Yeah. And, I didn't and you have, got to do a lot more variety. Yeah, it's creative. It's just so much. And, and, and for, for audio sketches, it's easy because you let people Theater use the their mind. imagination. Yeah. But when you try to do that live and there's a camera there and they could see it, you know, you got to have like some sort of graphics or animation or something to go with that. And that was that was tough. Which so was we, dope. When you came out with all the the, the doc, that video was just who who produced that video with you guys? Did you uh, Oh, a Dr. Green though? Yeah. That was uh, a Stevan Oreo. Oh, that was yeah. one of his first videos that, wow. that he uh, that he did. Salute to Stevan. Yeah. Stevan's dope. Speak I mean, Stevan has all the old school stuff too. Yeah. To think that that's what oh, yeah. he was doing beforehand. Yeah, he toured. Check with out us that for Netflix 16. special, you guys. Yeah, if you don't know, yeah, that's yeah. the hottest. Yeah, I think he toured with us for like 16 years or something like that. Yeah. So he got and everything. he was the first one to have the camera, which was fucking at the time. Yeah. Even myself, I never took a camera. All the crazy shit I did. And I remember John Sally telling me of all people, Joe, you should take a camera with you. I'm like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Nah. Speaking of that, man, can we? Let, what, we yeah, Connor, we want to hear something. Connor, you got this. We got up? something teed up for you. Since you said it rocks more crowds in a little bit, yeah, Doctor Green we do Thumb. Know that. It, I think we have Doctor Green Thumb right here, and let's see if we can get this crowd rocking. I know you had a hernia, and I had to convince <laughs> you. So if he's a little limp, Dick, sorry. <laughs> oh, it's we not. Can't hear it. <laughs> You could turn me up just a little bit. Turn him up a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Uh-huh. Hello, my name is Dr. Green Thumb. I'd like to tell you just where I'm from. From the hills where the trees go wild with weed fields. The fucking pigs with shields holding the blue steel. Greenhouse effect with the weed connect. DEA can't keep the green thumb in check. 
HPS got bleds, the whole crops. Please God, don't let me see no cops. Truckload ready to hit the highway. Don't let the eye in the sky fly my way. Oh, we gonna have big trouble, that's no shit. Cause we can't be growing without no permit. But fuck that study, the 215th script. That would when they come, they could suck my dick. Weed can't grow without attention. You know my name is Dr. Dr. Green Thumb. Hello, my name is Dr. Green Thumb. Dr. Green Thumb. I'd like to tell you just where I'm from. LA, motherfuckers. Hello, my name is Dr. Green Thumb. I smoke the joints, I don't smoke the blunts. Hello, my name is Dr. Green Thumb. Give it up for the man, the myth, the legend, Be Real, AKA Dr. Green Thumb. West Coast hip hop pioneer, baby. Yeah. He's been putting it down like four flats for years. Oh, man. And it's just so dope to have you here. I want to do the high five with you here in the studio. I know we've got some answers from you in the past. You know, you got a first, right? Because I usually don't do vocals over a track. Yeah. Oh, really? It's all acapella. <laughs> I mean, all, all just beat. Like that, yeah. as Cypress Hill, we do not ever rock over a vocal well, track. Well, it's funny. Nice. I said get the instrumental, and Blue said no, get well, the track I, with the vocals. And I hey. go, well, I so didn't, you got something special. Yeah. <laughs> you got something special. We got them in reverb I'm like that. If we playing. had monitors for them, it'd be different. Oh, no, the, the headphones are fine. Oh, no, we were talking about when you were, we were going to have you we're stand, have you stand oh, in front of this whole show set right there. We're going to run out. And then I had them put that little speaker right there as a monitor. I was like, okay, that'll oh, we, work. We got it for you. <laughs> I would have nailed it anyway. You would have nailed it for oh, sure. Yes, you would have. Oh, we could have got you in front of your logo. We got the whole logo there. Like, hey, but I gave you a good idea that what show we're going to do. Oh, yeah. Well, next time I come here, we're going to do this proper. 100%. Hey, that's a good show idea I got for you there. We'll do that Yeah. We got to do a lot of editing for that, but I'd like to do the high five with Be Real here in studio at Cannabis Talk 101. I want to thank Adrian, Amy, Autumn, Matic, and of course, Amir, Magazine, Mondo, Michelle, Elizabeth, Teddy, the show dog, Ice Wolf, Zeus, Daniel, Diego, Lupita, Logan, Gary, Carly, Connor, Cam, Beach Barcelar, Brandon, Ellie, Muffins, Hudson, Sunday, OG, Skinny, Ruby, Goldie, Brother Pitt, Mark Carnes, Chris Frankino, Jennifer, Erica, and Elvis. Thank, Thank you, guys you guys all for doing man. what we you guys did here on the show Thank set. Guys, we really love you. And all the guests here today, thank you so much. Be real. It's a pleasure to have you here on the show set and in the studio. And, you know, we've known each other for fucking years. It's just funny that I thought about when I go back. I I actually just thought of power for the longest time. And then I went, oh, no, I actually remember when they first started from San Francisco. So that was a moment for me. Pretty much three decades. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? The 90s. I mean, for God's sakes, it was the 90s when we met. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing. Question number one of the high five would be real. Dr. Green Thumb of Cypress Hill. How old are you the first time you smoked cannabis and where'd you get it from? Uh, I was probably 13 and we hung out with this older kid. You know what I mean? He was about maybe a year or two older than we were after school. A group of us would go to his crib and we, you know, just hang out with him listening to metal music. He was a cholo that listened to metal music. Yeah. How about that? I remember, those, I remember, I remember There's a bunch of those. It was in East LA? Yeah, East, in, in East LA. <laughs> that was an East LA thing. And, and he had a little green acrylic bong. And, that's you know, like Jennifer. That's, yeah. hey, I used, <laughs> there she is. That's what I used to listen to. I used to listen to oldies, obviously, because of my older brothers and sisters. <laughs> and <laughs> Latino music, you know, through my mother and some classic rock through her and my father, father like doo-wop. So I grew up around a lot of that shit. But the stuff I was listening to at the time before, you know, we knew what hip hop was, was listening to metal. So we'd be yeah. listening to like Ozzy at his crib and he'd Iron Maiden. He'd, he'd hit. Ah. Yeah. And he'd he'd hit the fuck. It was Blizzard of Oz. Oh, or or or. Yeah, it was Blizzard of Oz. And uh, we'd uh, <laughs> he'd be hitting the bong and we're like, hey, let. 
let us do that because we, you know, we're seeing the older kids. Right, I like, want to be hey. cool. And so he passes the, the the bong, and you know, I didn't know what we were doing at the time. I realized later, but I'd come home, and I'd always be hungry. And my mother was like, "How come you're always so hungry <laughs> Mijo, when you come what's home? What's going yeah. on? Mijo, why are you so hungry when you get home? Yeah, <laughs> I don't your know. Eyes are red. <laughs> your yeah. eyes are red. My mother knew. She because fucking you're cooking knew. So good, mama. She knew. Yeah, she, she knew. Oh, really? I, I would imagine she could smell it on me. You know yeah. what I mean? And my mother smoked weed too. You know? Oh, she yeah. did. Oh, she sold weed. She yes. Yeah, my dad. She Early was, on, like that, huh? <laughs> that's where I got it from, man. Yeah, that's all you knew. <laughs> I, you know, like I ended up for so many years as a teen i didn't smoke out with my mom i didn't know right but <laughs> when i got into my 20s and i realized she was a smoker yeah we smoked weed together i'd you know give her some weed that i thought she should try and you know she was yeah she was a she's about it weed head before she passed away rest in peace yeah, oh, yeah. Rest, rest in, in peace, peace. Well, question number two of the high five what is your favorite way to use or smoke cannabis be real um, me, anybody knows me, I, I smoke uh, joints on the funky field tip, which is a glass tip. Damn and uh, I, I used to do a lot of bongs, but like for me, it's it's the joint on the glass tip. And that's your company too, right? The funky yes, tip. it's it's <laughs> one of my companies yeah. Yeah. Um, that we make glass tips, like uh, heady glass tips. There's a website, www.funkyfieldtips.com, where, you know, some of the heady style tips like we we do the classic ones which are the clears yeah um those are available on the site i know too, some people that only smoke with those yeah right? you That's know for years look I mean, og louis I, I, I invented these yeah, things right, yeah, right. How about know. This? Yeah, we know. I, I was on tour with sick jack and we were doing this thing called the psycho buddha tour we were in europe and i was doing a um a collaborate well cypress hill was doing a collaboration with roar bongs yeah right and they were doing like a line of three uh an affordable one that was a nice roar classic, a slightly more expensive one, and then the really expensive one, right? And uh, while we were doing this collaboration, I was in Europe, and we went to the greenhouse to smoke. And I always hated them paper tips. And I'm, I thought to myself, why no one have glass tips? So I hit up a couple people with the idea to, to make me some um, prototypes so I could show the guys at roar. And Roar liked them, and that's how we set them off. We did them in collaboration with Roar at first, and for the first three, four years, and then we took over and started doing them ourselves. So you know, once I hit that with with the glass tip, once I hit the first joint with the glass tip, I could never go back. I was hoarding those goddamn uh, prototypes, hoping that I didn't break <laughs> or lose one because it, those little tips were like gold. Uh, yeah, it hey, changed. Don't bump me. Don't bump me. It, it, in terms of smoking joints or blunts, it changes your whole experience. Yeah. You know, at that point, because everybody was smoking with a glass paper tip. tip and, yeah. Oh, question number three of the high five. As you just mentioned, all these places you travel, I just couldn't imagine where the craziest Shit. place craziest that you place ever smoked. That, I, that we ever smoked. Uh, craziest place that we ever. So we smoked everywhere. So it's not really. Um, but I mean, I'm thinking like those. North Korea style, like I don't Russia. Know. Ru there we go. Like, oh, I know this story. Yeah, I know. Did this you guys story. get busted there? No, they did. No. It, they did it uh, for the military. No, no, and that wasn't that one. Oh, no, no, not I, the Russian military. I, I went. I went oh, on a solo maybe. tour. Oh, I went that. on a solo tour. It was the same tour with Sick Jack and the Psycho Buddha tour before, and then we came back with Cyprus. And we went, but on the solo tour, we we met up with Snoop in a club. And we blaze that club up. They never see nothing like it. Cause you know, everybody out there is like smoking and hiding. Yeah. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to deal with 
<laughs> with right. any authorities, man. And we were in the club just blazing like it was California. Wow. And and, and uh, it was crazy. The dog pound and some of us from our squad, we just took the whole shit over. That, but that was That's nerve wracking, though, But right? I'll tell you what, the craziest place we ever smoked in was <laughs> at the Lowry's on La Cienega. It was my 32nd birthday. My wife threw me a birthday thing there called about 30 of the homies. Um, Steph Tone from the Deftones, Godfather from WWE, yeah. ah, Kenji, uh -huh. um, a lot of our homies. Everlast was there, and he used to be out of so many games with you. You guys were yeah. rolling together at a lot when of we games. Were, when we finished our dinner and we ate dessert, our homie Big Worm rested peace. He lights the first joint. We're looking at him like, "What are you doing?" And we just said, "Fuck it!" Boom! We all start lighting up, and we lit Lowry's up. And they didn't <laughs> kick us out. They what? allowed us to pay our bill. When we walked out, the the the, the Beverly Hills police or whatever that 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 controls that strip, right. they were right outside, waiting for us. But they let us roll. They didn't arrest nobody. They said, "Let them go." We paid like a three thousand dollar, you know, yeah, bill want, right yeah. that and there. So they appreciated that, and we tipped like a motherfucker. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're like, "You're and good." So the the Lowry's people were like, "We're okay with it." Yeah, we're we're okay. Yeah, Beverly Hills, let us go. Oh. Smoked out, smoked out the Lowry's. Uh, question number four: That's the good. high five. What is your go-to munchie after you get high? If I got some Rocky Road ice cream, oh, I'll rock the Rocky man, Road ice go. cream. You're a Rocky Road guy, huh? Rocky Road, because my road has been rocky. He's been saying that one for years. That's a good one, though. That's a good fucking corny dad joke. I love it. I'm going to say that to my kids when I get home. I'm going well, to get some Rocky Road. They're going to be like, Dad, why did you get Rocky Road? I'm like, because my life's been rocky. rocky That's right. <laughs> and take a scoop. Why? Because this Cause is like my life. Because the journey here. Yeah. Yeah, it's where the journey starts, me Mija, grab a fucking scoop. <laughs> Question number five of the high five. Be real from Cypress Hill. Dr. Green Thumb, if you're in Los Angeles, go check out his dispensary. One yeah. of his many dispensaries. And you never know if you're walking into one that has his weed in there as well. So make sure you check out his weed on all the shelves in California and hopefully in other states soon. Yeah, yeah. We're looking to, uh, you know, do the MSO move and... Yeah. uh rock in different states and plant our flag because we know that the green thumb culture stands strong in a lot of places because it started with the music with cypress hill going in you know this city or that city and you know rocking that song there because it all started with the song and you know people that are familiar with that song and you know they they sort of uh keep close to our movements and what we do in terms of the podcast or shows performances that we might do or strains that we might drop you know we know that the culture is strong and certain, like, oh dude no and not like, only that people feel like, like they know you now cypress. because of all the of all the shit you're doing these podcasts are like oh my god hey what's up dude like i, I bet now it's even different from when you were fucking yeah, absolutely i'll have right? I'll, I'll have young younger uh folks come up to me and be like oh you're that smoke box guy they don't even know shit about Cypress Hill. That's Connor. Yeah, Connor didn't know Cypress you know Hill, I mean? fucker, engineer. And then they He's find like, hey, guys, out. Guys, I'm a little young on this. And then they might. Oh, you're dumb as hell too for and, that and, one. And, 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 the, and the thing is, is that <laughs> one of those one of those dudes might like put, you know, maybe one of their older homies or somebody that knows us. Yeah. Like, oh, oh that's dude from Cypress Hill, and the the homie that might know me from the the interviews or the podcast, like what? Right. And then they'll go look and do the math on it. And it's a new fan, you know what I mean? Yeah. And 
So we've been able to to do that through the podcast and stuff like that. Yeah, obviously a good portion of the 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 people that watch know me from Cypress Hill, but there's other fans out there that hey, I just, seen you interview blah blah blah, and they're like, Ugh. yeah, they, they don't watch, even know the fucking yeah. you don't know how yeah. fucking do Cypress. You're the, the, you're, you're Doctor Green Thumb. Yeah, and that's all they you know, know. and yeah. then they don't know. Be real, you know wow. what I mean? That's for, fucking awesome. About, that's amazing. We joke about this a lot, but back before they 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 could figure out what our individual's name was, we were just Yo Cypress. <laughs> it didn't matter which one of us you saw on the screen. Yo, yo Cypress. Cypress. Yeah. So my name was Yo Cypress for a long time. Too. Hey, better I than got motherfucker. A lot of names. Better than hey motherfucker. Oh, oh I had that too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pichi Carron over here. <laughs> that one too, I'm sure. Question oh. number five of the high five be if you could smoke cannabis with anyone. Dead or alive. For you, I want it to be dead and alive because you've smoked with fucking anybody everybody. and everybody wants to smoke with you. So I'm curious on who you're sitting there going, you know who I really want to smoke with? I want a dead and an alive one from you. Uh, probably Bob Marley would be yeah, one. Yeah. And uh, I mean, everybody talks about Willie Nelson. Yeah. You've never smoked with Willie? Never smoked with Willie. I would I've, roll I've, the dice I've, that I've hung out with him. In a place, it was a Jack, the Jack Herrera cup, but he wasn't smoking at that point. And he was just sort of coming and going. He was doing edibles. And, uh, you know, so I didn't get a chance to smoke with him, but, uh, or Woody Harrell. Woody. And you haven't uh, smoked with Woody smoked Local with Woody. cat like that? Yeah, I've hung out. We've hung out in places, but like we've never really had a session. Nice. Because he's, he's quit for a time. You know, everybody's quit for a time, but. Yeah. You know, I said for you, I'm not, I'm not a quitter. <laughs> He's like, I'm not a quitter. <laughs> you know, before we go, I'd be shameful if I didn't ask what your thoughts on were with the Lakers. Oh. <laughs> I've seen you at, like I say, hundreds of games. Oh, Are you still a season ticket holder? Yes. And yes. your seats are so He's great, so, folks. So, I, my hernia. I, I worked in the media, right so mind you, I used to walk on the floor, and when I walk on the floor, this is heavy lifted right now. Let's go, Lakers. but we've got to celebrate a lot together. I mean, we've yes, celebrated. We, did. Three, we celebrated uh, five championships. I mean, and and I've seen you at all these events, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm the first person to ever get you to talk sports on a sports radio station. Yes, sir. See, so there, and I did, and if I'm not mistaken, same for Snoop and Ice Cube. Yeah. Because of the history, like we had, I'm like, dude, people didn't know that you were into sports like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, they don't really know unless you show you them. Like, I, and I'm not the one to go to the game and be like, yo, I'm at the fucking game. Check it. I've been season ticket holder yeah. for fucking 15 years. I like, don't do that. Spike, don't, the Spike Lee. I'm there to, I'm there to focus <laughs> on the game. You know what I mean? Um, and that being said, yeah, we have uh, a team that's, <laughs> I mean, I say, I, well, yeah, you, I, see, maybe you see my jersey. Maybe it's just me. But I think they need another coach. And I know they got rid of Vogel and stuff like that. Which I almost, thought was good. I for thought... almost the same reasons. It's There's a disconnect there with him and the players. Like, they are not playing defense for this coach. And they keep getting burned on the three-point line. And then they try to make up for it by shooting threes that they ain't got. And we're not a three-point shooting team. I mean, they got guys that are capable of it, but they don't move the ball enough to set the guy up with the proper three. Like, Lamar Odom said it the other day. If these guys, these particular guys were using the triangle, they'd probably be more, they'd probably be more efficient I on their offense. Cause the offense, it's like it's almost flow. like when 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 Luke Walton came in, he just let them played freely. Like, you know, he didn't want Coach. He was Kobe. such a key player, dog, and people yeah. don't realize that. But Luke, the, but was the thing best is, off ball. Here's the thing. A Laker coach is someone that the star has to respect and like play for 
not like just stand there and the star does whatever the fucking star does. <laughs> right. Right. And he's got a few, you know what I mean? And they're all trying to put it on their back. And realistically, he he just can't. There's a I mean, you heard it the other day. There was like five, six players that were saying, like, you know, there's a disconnect there. He can't get the straight starting lineup and then he can't get him to play no defense. And he, you know, that was his the thing he stood on two, three weeks ago. We're gonna stand on our defense when he changed the lineup, took D Lo out to put in uh Vander uh what's his name? Um Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yep. I was gonna say Vanderpump. <laughs> <laughs> when he put in Vanderbilt, in I know there. what you're watching. For defense, <laughs> I don't, but you know you could confuse the name. <laughs> Definitely can. Wife does. Yeah. Um my dude, that's so funny. <laughs> so so he puts in dude for defense, but his defense ain't been hitting it. And, you know, he can't, he rarely scores. Like, they got a decent team, but I think they need a so better coach. coach. I think it's coach. And some of them guys got to be a little bit more unselfish and feed the monster in the paint. I mean, Man. if the monster could act like a monster, if sometimes. the monster could be a monster, he's, he's, he did, they, they would have been better off going for an actual center and putting him as at a, a power forward yeah, where he forward. really think, wants to be. He does. He wants to shoot a threesome. He wants. Yeah, yeah, he does. He'll still be a defensive force, but he'll be playing a, a position he, he'd rather play. And put yourself a monster center. Like, how is it the Lakers don't have one? Yeah. When were the Lakers? When were the Lakers? And known you're a season for ticket holder. You're, paying, you're for, paying these guys bills. We're known for having like monster centers that are like going to be Hall of Famers. <laughs> What's one of your favorite memories when you were watching them? Because you were at so many games, so many championships. I mean, you spend money. The, the Shaq and Kobe era was yeah. was money, but like you know, not for nothing. But the Spaniard and 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 Lamar Odom came and helped Kobe get those other ones, man. Um, which one? It's, it's which ones were say. like more magical though? Shaq and Kobe. Me too. I feel the same way. Yeah. Speaking of Kobe, where were you when you got the news? How'd you react? I was home. You know, I wasn't on tour for a change. Uh, it was tough. I mean, you know, right there in the valley too. You're not far from where he crashed. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was sad, man. You know, because what he, what he meant to us. Hey, look, we all know that some of these players they could be dicks, and Michael Jordan and Kobe were known for being very aggressive. Some would consider dicks, but we loved them because of the passion. They had to be those dicks to to be, you know, championship players like no distractions and if i see my player over here being distracted i'm gonna go check his ass yeah you know he's not taking it serious like i am and i've been here working my ass off to get this championship if you're gonna be on my team and i'm the captain i'm gonna hold you accountable and sometimes that calls for dickish behavior sure you know what i mean and i'm mad at it i and, liked it too and he brought us that's me sometimes he, around here <laughs> he, you know he brought it he helped bring five championships yeah. Three with Shaq, two with the Spaniard. You know what I mean? And, and you know, so Kobe meant a lot to us, even though he had his faults, like like we all do. All our heroes got faults. We still loved them and we still hold them. Did up. you guys get a chance to ever interact? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when Shaq and Kobe were, you know, when it was that era, Shaq would always shout me out. He'd go to the free throw line and be like, and then Kobe, he's, Kobe and saw that. your seat was right there, too. Yeah, yeah, my seat was right there at the time. I've moved seats since then, but... Oh, did you? Yeah, I went a little bit further back. Oh, you did? Yeah, just a little bit. No more by John Black? No. 
He ain't there no more. I know, but yeah. But, <laughs> I, but, but right there by them, yeah. What? Jack Black or John, John Black? John Black. Oh. Pres- he was the president of the Lakers organization for a time. But yeah, I mean, Kobe would see Shaq being cool with me, so he would be cool with me. And then, you know, years later when we were doing Prophets of Rage, we did Kimmel and he showed up that night and, you know, took pictures with all of us. Um, you know, wife and daughter included. It was it yeah. was cool. It was a good experience. He um was a great dude. Yeah. Great champion. Be real, Cypress Hill. Dr. Green Thumb is in the building. B, is there anything that we forgot that you want to say before we let you get on out of here? Nah, man. Y'all got it all. <laughs> we could go on for hours. Oh, I can go yeah. different direction. Go when I come back, here. we'll get into more. Yeah. Well, there it is, guys. It's oh, we're going to go there. We're going to go to you. I can't wait to come to you, man. Yeah. Be yeah, yeah. You guys got to come over to the Dr. Green Thumb show. Yeah. 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 Let's do it, man. Book that up for us, guys. There it is, guys. It's Cannabis Talk 101. And remember this if no one else loves you, we, we do. do. Follow Cannabis Talk 101 on all social media at Cannabis Talk 101. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. And make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Cannabis Talk 101 now. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.